I absolutely love that song. I didn't, I didn't even know the name of it. They were, I was like, what are we singing? They always tell me the names. I don't know the names, but I know the songs, which I think that's a sign that I'm getting old. I have no idea. But listen, I'm embracing it. I am closing it. I was, I was talking with somebody the other day, and I said, yeah, I'm just an old man. They're like, you're not an old man. I'm like, I'm closing in on a half a century, and when I get there, I'm going to own it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to own it. Anybody 50 or older? Yeah, owning it right now. Owning it. Praise God. I, uh, I got a question, and it's, it's not a condemning question. It's just a curiosity question. I'm just trying to figure out, trying to survey the room. How many people, no shame here, no shame, no shame, because my hand's going to be the first one up. How many people in this room have ever played any sort of game on your phone? Would you raise your hand? Okay, yeah, that's most people, most people. And if you haven't, you probably don't have a phone. Um, <laughs> When I was a kid, playing a game on a phone was a foreign concept. I had a um, little electronic football game. You remember that? Some of you little dots and stuff. But playing a game on a phone just was something that didn't exist. And then several years ago, probably about 15 years ago, I got this thing called a BlackBerry, um, which they're still around. I didn't know that. I was on a plane recently. I looked over, and the guy next to me, I, was, I felt like, I was, like he was holding a fossil or something. He had a BlackBerry. If you have a BlackBerry, no shame. I just... <laughs> Actually, a little bit, a little bit of shame, a little bit of shame. Anyway, so there was a game on the BlackBerry called um, Brick Breaker. And I don't know if you remember it, but I, I got sort of kind of um, addicted to that game. And my life was completely falling apart, but I was dominating every single week. All, I had the high score. And finally, I was like, no more games, no more games, and no more games, no more games. Until December of 2009. A game was released that swept the world, and it was called Angry Birds. Yeah. How many of you played Angry Birds? Yeah. Uh, okay. I had no idea. In the first five years, it, was, uh, it had two billion downloads, which is a million downloads a day. Yeah. And, and the concept is real simple. These birds had their eggs stolen by some pigs, Right. And it was in 2009. By the way, do you know why they chose pigs as the villain? Because in 2009, swine flu was sweeping the world. This is true. And so they chose the pigs. See, they think about stuff like that. I was just like, I just thought they were mad at pigs, didn't like bacon. Who doesn't like bacon? God help us all. And, and so the birds, will, they're angry because the pigs stole their eggs. And so the birds go after the pigs. But while they're destroying the pigs, they destroy themselves. I don't know if you've ever played the game, but it, it, it dawned on me one time. I was on an airplane, and I was playing Angry Birds on my phone, and I just busted out laughing. And the guy next to me said, hey, what's going on? Now, and pause. I don't have a, I led, to somebody, I led somebody to Christ on a plane story. I've never led anybody to Christ because I don't talk on airplanes. I put my headphones in. I put my hands down. I don't think a preacher should do that. Well, you know what? I do a lot of things people think I shouldn't do because I, I just, I, I don't, I'm, I'm an introvert. But I talked to this guy because I started laughing out loud. He's like, what are you laughing at? He, and I looked at him. I was like, I'm just playing Angry Birds. He said, what's so funny about that? I was like, I've worked with these people my whole life. They're called Christians. Um, even before I was a Christian, I worked with them when they came into the restaurant on Sunday. And, and then in church world, I've met a lot of people that are super, super, super angry. Now, we don't call it angry. We call it hurt. We call it upset. We call it disappointed. It got, oh, it got quiet. Got quiet. Probably got quiet online too. Got quiet. We don't call it angry. But 
this is the thing I've discovered just by observing my own life and observing the life of other people. And the reason I don't want us to be angry birds is this. Angry birds always miss out on the work that God is doing in the world and the work that he wants to do in them. That when we're angry at, a, at another person and we let that anger begin to consume us, that we will miss out on what God is doing in the world. And we'll also miss out on some incredible stuff that God wants to do in our own life. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know everybody in the room has a story about some about how that particular person made you angry. We're going to circle back to that at the end. But just let's kind of look at the story that Jesus is telling. We, we talked about the prodigal son last week. And let me kind of back up even more. Jesus is teaching in Luke 15 on things that are lost and get found. And the first parable he tells in Luke 15 is the parable of a lost sheep. So a sheep gets lost and Jesus goes and finds it. Or, or the shepherd goes and finds it, brings it back. So one lost sheep. And in the second parable, there's one lost coin. But last week we said, Jesus said there were how many sons? How many sons were there? Two. There were two sons. And we know what the one son did because he's popular all over the world for like screwing his life up, right? He, he runs away from the father. He gets his inheritance. He runs away from the father. He parties it up. And then he loses all his money. He winds up in the pig pen. And the Bible says when he came to his senses, remember we talked about that last week. He came to his senses and he said, my ser the servants in my father's house have it better. I'm going to go back to my father's house. So he goes back to the father's house, but the father runs to him and throws his arms around him and hugs him and kisses him. And it's like, you are my son. You are home. And they threw a party and they began to celebrate. Then everybody in the crowd, when they're hearing Jesus tell their story, they're like, oh, okay, yeah. Lost sheep, lost coin, lost son, and then Jesus says this word, meanwhile, meanwhile. And everybody's like, oh, he had two sons. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field, in the field. Huge, huge, huge point. We're going to come back to that. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. Now, don't miss this. The older son was in the field. Father is in the house. Son is in the field. Father is in the house. Son is in the field. The problem is the son is not connected to the father because if the son had been connected to the father, he would have known what had he would have known what mattered to him. At the end of the day, I think there's a lot of people in the world that we're surrendered to the global will of God and even the moral will of God, but not the personal will of God, because if we get surrendered to the personal will of God, it actually gets into how we treat other people. I'm preaching to myself right now. I'm preaching to myself. Because he he had lost a connection. Every single one of us knows what it's like to be riding down the road and you're talking to somebody on the phone. Two text messages. Literally happens every single week. One's from a staff member. I'm gonna let it go. So you're riding down, you're riding down the road and, and you're talking on the phone, right? And you're talking, 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 talking. All of a sudden your phone rings and you look and it's the person you were talking to. What happened? You dropped the call. How frustrating is that? You're like, oh my gosh. Okay, where do we stop? 
Okay, oh yeah. And you kind of pick right back up. All of us know what it's like to drop a call. In fact, a lot of us know the sections of town that we can drive through to drop a call. Some of us in this room, I'm not going to say, have faked dropping a call going, oh, I'm losing you, click. And, you know, you just kind of hit that button and kind of move on. But at the end of the day, we know what it's like to lose a connection. That's what had happened to the older son. The older son was in the field, but he had lost the connection with the father. Here's how I know. Had he been in the house with the father, he would have known what mattered to the father. He might have actually gone out and looked for his brother. He would have been with the father celebrating when the, when the brother came back home. But instead of being in the house, he was in the field. He was in the field. In the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. Now, most of us know what this is like, hearing somebody's music. I like my music loud. Like, thank you. I got one amen. Everybody else is softies. I've got, when I go to the gym, I put my earbuds in. And, and like if somebody comes up and talks to me, I'm like. In fact, my, my daughter has told me before riding down the road, Daddy, can you turn down the music? That's kind of loud. I mean, because I love, I love, I was going through some of my playlists the other day, some of my workout playlists that I could play for her. Um, I was playing some ACDC, and I was like, I know, that, listen, time out. That does not stand for Antichrist Devil's Child. I had people tell me that for years, and it doesn't. It's just great music, and you're jealous. Um, but I, I love, and so when somebody's riding down the road, have you ever heard their music? You're sitting next to them in the car, and you've heard their music. See, that's not uncommon. We all get that. But when you hear dancing, that's a party right there, okay? And in, in today's world, we don't know that very well, right? Because, listen, I'm a white person. I'm telling you, white people can't dance. We, we can't. Some of you are like, I can. You had way too much to drink, sir. You cannot dance. <laughs> if it wasn't for the electric slide, we wouldn't know how to dance. So see, I can do it one, two, one, two. Y'all know the electric slide? Huh? I almost had us all get up and do it right there. And you, you do that kick thing, y'all right? And then I saw Hitch. That's my move right there. That's all I got. That's all you got to do. You don't have to make any pizza or anything like that. That's all you do. But when you hear people dancing, that's a party. And what's going on, and, and the reason I want to point this out is because when the, when the father throws a party, it's a party. I mean, it's amazing. This, this is why I'm so excited about heaven, because heaven is going to be a celebration. I heard a pastor say one time, when we get to heaven, we're going to wear angel, we're going to wear, we're going to wear like robes and sing hymns. I'm like, dear God, that would suck. Like, I, I want something. And then you read the book of Revelation, and there's all kinds of celebrations, and there's a big feast and table and no calories in the food. I made that part up. But I'm, I'm excited about a celebration. The father's throwing a celebration. You can hear music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Because don't miss this. He was completely unaware of the work that the father was doing. Angry birds are completely unaware of the work that the father really wants to do. Now, all of us know about this. Once again, confession time. Confession time. We're in church. Don't lie. Don't lie. Liars go to hell. Just kidding. How many people in this room 
would be honest. Notice my hand is up. Has you've ever texted while driving? Raise your hand. If you're a teenager, you don't have to because your parents are sitting next to you and you could, like, you might go to hell by the end of the service. They might send you there, right? Now, I think I'm the exception. I think I should be able to text and drive. I think it's dangerous for you. Don't judge me because you think that about me too, right? So I remember one time, this is where I realized that I should prob probably shouldn't text and drive. I was in a text argument. You ever got an argument over text? Always solves the problem. You always resolve everything right there, right? So you're in the mean emoji and stuff like that. And where's the middle finger? And you're kind of, you're kind of, I didn't know that was there, right? Somebody showed me. Um, <laughs> the same staff member that texted me a while ago. Anyway, I was, I was texting back and forth. We're kind of going back and forth. And I looked up, and it's one of those things where you're driving with your knees. You know what I'm talking about? And where I realized that I probably shouldn't do this is I looked up, and my car was in the middle of a field. I'm not making this up. I'm like, oh, there's a cow. That's not normal. I probably shouldn't do this. But I was so into it. I was so unaware of my surroundings that I almost caused a lot of problems. And the problem is with the older brother here is he was so unaware, and I'm going to show you why in just a second. He was so unaware of what the father was doing that the servant had to say, well, here's what's happening. Your brother has come home. Your brother, I mean, he's home, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. Now, pause for just a second. You would think that the older brother would be so excited that the younger brother came home. I mean, he was away. His life had fallen apart. He had been in the pig pen. He was completely like, he was dead to the family. You would think that this guy would have been like, get me into the house. I want to party. But he's an angry bird. He's an angry bird. And so Jesus goes on to say, the older brother became angry. Became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. Is it, it, he, he misses the celebration because he's angry. See, don't miss this. When we get angry at someone... They don't miss out, we miss out. And he preferred to stand outside the celebration. And, and listen, I've done this, you've done this, we've all done this. Remember a few weeks ago when I preached that message, um, Jesus, teach me to see people like you see people. Remember that? Did you, how many of y'all actually prayed that at least once? Yeah, about half of y'all, that's great, it's awesome. <laughs> Glad it's making a difference. Anyway, anyway. I did. I, I, try, I didn't pray it every day. I tried it most days. But I did. I, I, was, I was driving down the road one day. I was having a great day. I had to go to the grocery store. And the grocery store for me is easy. I get like seven items, and it's the same set of seven items. I'm a creature habit. I get, and then I go up to the checkout line, and I'm surveying. I got like things going on. And if there's like two or three lines, I'll get in the shortest line, but I'll mark my place in the other line. And if the other line gets through faster, then I'm upset. But then this particular day, I picked the right line. We're moving. There's a sweet little lady right in front of me. And I just pray, Jesus, teach me to see people as you see people. And she was, she was, she was just a sweet lady. She had this smile on her face. She had a neat demeanor about her. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a sweet lady. Jesus, thank you. Let me see her as you see her. 
And Jesus was like, I'm about to give you an opportunity. Because she reached in her wallet and pulled out a stack of coupons. Y'all listen, she was rolling deep. You know what I'm saying? And she looked at the cashier. She said, I don't know how many of these will go towards these groceries, but all I got is time. Are you serious right now? Are you serious? Because I'm like, lady, you don't have a lot of time. I didn't say it out loud. I thought it in my mind. Don't, don't judge me. You think these things too. But I'm like, are you kidding me? I got in that moment, in that moment, I went from happy to angry. And it happens every time I see coupon lady. Now, ladies, don't get mad at me. Well, what about men? We ain't clipping coupons. Some of you are like, if you're a man and you clip, you just don't admit that. Don't admit that. This is second chance, but you need to go to 17th chance, all right? The older brother became angry. What happens when we become angry is we miss out on what God really wants to do in our lives. Because I'm going to tell you something I didn't tell the last service. I'll tell you something I didn't tell the last service. And this is, this is kind of, God spoke to me in that line and told me, you need to pay for her groceries. And I didn't do it. I didn't. Because I was angry. And you know what? Listen to me. I missed out. I missed out because I don't know what that would have done for that lady. I'm the one that misses out when I get angry. You're the one that misses out when you get angry. We're the ones that miss out when we get angry. I don't want us to miss out. But the beautiful thing is, the beautiful thing is, just like the grace of God was extended to the younger brother, the grace of God is extended to the older brother too. Because if I would have been the dad, I'd have been like, let him sit his butt outside. Let him sit out there. When he gets tired, when he gets hungry, he'll come in. But see, the father goes outside and pleads with the older brother too. God loves the rebellious and he loves the religious. And he pleads with both of them come in the house because the rebellious isn't in the house but the religious isn't in the house either I'll, I'll prove it to you watch this watch this watch this but he answered his father look can you imagine saying that to God hey all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders yet you never Gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Now, a couple, couple things about this. Well, let me ask you this question. What do you enjoy? Like, a, like if I said, hey, let's do something this afternoon that you enjoy, that, that truly just brings you joy. What would, what would that be? I'll, just a couple examples. Like eating a big Fat, juicy cheeseburger. Now, if you're vegan, I'm veggie burger, all right? But, but cheeseburger with cheddar cheese, like Jesus intended for it to be. Not Swiss, not American, but cheddar. Sharp cheddar cheese. That, see, to me, that's, that's enjoyment. I would enjoy that. Enjoying sitting by a pool. I don't like the beach because there's sharks in the beach. <laughs> but sitting by a pool, reading a book, that's enjoyment. 
How many of you, like, enjoy yard work? Anybody, yeah, okay? Yeah, that's hell for me. I don't enjoy that. But, but it's great because some people love it. They, they, oh, I love this is this kind of plant and this is this kind of plant. I'm like, yeah, it's great. The, different people enjoy different things. But here's the, here, at the end of the day, do you enjoy your relationship with God? Because, because he created us so that we can enjoy a relationship, not endure one with him. It doesn't look like, though, that the older son was enjoying the relationship with the father. You say, Perry, where do you get that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe where he said, all these years I've been slaving for you? Sound fine? Now, I get this. I get this. Because religious people feel locked in. We feel enslaved. When I first became a Christian, I went to a wonderful church, great people, but a lot of people in that time period, we kind of had a works-based mentality so that they, you know, one of the things they were like, hey, you need to read your Bible every day. And I'm like, I'm, I'm in, man. I'm down. I'm, I love my Bible, and I love to read the Bible every day, and that's where I, like, really connect with God. And they're like, and you need to pray every day. I'm like, well, that's going to be a problem because I'm not a praying person. Have you ever heard about people that can go in a room and, like, pray for an hour? <laughs> that's not me. I, I might have prayed for an hour last week, the whole, like all week long, because, and I've said this before, I've got ADD, and people go, oh, when you say that, that's so funny. I, le I legit have ADD, so I can't pray, even in my kitchen now. Me and Chance will go down, I'll get Chance some food, he goes over, I'll start reading my Bible, and I'll pray, i like, dear God, Chance, what's up? I, that, that, that's, how, that's how I pray. But they were like, you need to pray. And I was like, I don't know how. So they gave me a formula. So I literally prayed this formula like every day. And, I, and, and like it would make me angry as I prayed it because I didn't feel like I was doing it right. And then they said, um, if you're going to be really godly, you got to journal. I was like, what's journal? They were like, you write all your thoughts down. I'm like, oh, dear God, I get arrested. I can't write, I can't write my thoughts down. It's the <laughs> sickest thing I've ever heard in my life. They're like, no, write your godly thoughts down. I'm like, no way we need to write down like and then oh and then activities so we had bible study on monday night we had visitation on tuesday night we had like wednesday night prayer meeting which we never prayed and we had thursday night fellowship and we had church all day on sunday and so we were so like we were so busy and i remember one day just thinking i don't enjoy this now i'm not saying anything bad about reading your bible praying journaling Whatever sets your heart on fire for Jesus, do it a lot. But it's not about activities. It's about a relationship. And the older brother was not enjoying the relationship with the father. In fact, I would say he didn't even have one. See, you, you can't have a relationship with some, somebody if you're trying really hard to work to impress them. And the older brother's working hard. He said, he said all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Now, parents, let's talk about this. How many of you have a child or children that are older than, let's just throw out five, older than five? Yeah, wow, our, our kids, it's great. How many of those children have never disobeyed you? Same thing in the last service. Same thing. Kids are born with the, like, my dad used reverse psychology on me when I was a kid. He was like, hey, 
don't take that trash out. If you take that trash out, you're in trouble. I'm like, gosh, I'll have to take the trash out. And like he did it for like two years. I don't even know what he's doing. But do you think, do you think, what if your child came up to you and said, Mom, Dad, I don't know why you're freaking out. I've never disobeyed you. You would kind of roll your eyes. But don't miss this. He's so self-righteous that he's comparing himself to the younger brother. And compared to him, Dad, I've never disobeyed you. Now, don't we do that to people that we're angry with? Don't we do that? Don't we maximize their sin and minimize our own? I mean, when it comes to sins and us, we're a defense attorney. But when it comes to them, we're the judge. And it always makes us angry. And angry people miss out on what God's doing and what he wants to do in their lives. I've never disobeyed your orders. Watch this. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The older son got a double inheritance of the, of, a double the inheritance. He got all this money, all this land, all these animals. The younger son got some of it. He leaves. He comes back home. They're celebrating. What are you upset about? A goat. You're upset about a goat? Your brother just came back, but here's what's, here's what's so, so, so sad. According to this right here, in fact, in, in this next verse, we see it really clearly. But when this son of yours, n- notice, not brother of mine. Oh, he ain't my brother because of what he did, because of who he is. But when the son of yours come, who has squandered your property, when prostitutes come home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Here's what's super, super heartbreaking about this right here. The older brother would have been happier if the younger brother had died in the pig pen. Don't miss this. When we can celebrate tragedy in somebody else's life, something is broken inside of us. When we can look at a situation, and not outwardly, because we wouldn't do it outwardly, but inwardly celebrate the demise of another person or another organization, we can celebrate that, something's broken inside of us. Because we're obviously not seeing that person or that situation as Jesus would. And I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to me right now as much as I'm preaching to anybody in the room. That we can't, we, we can't celebrate when people fall, but we always got to celebrate when they get back up. Now, I love this. I love this because the, the dad says, my son, you are always with me. In other words, son, you're missing out. You've been out there working, and you've kind of missed the whole fellowship thing. You're always with me, and everything I have is yours. You've got so much to be thankful for. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. In other words, hey, son, I know how you feel about your brother but you're not shutting down this party. 
you know, this, this came alive to me. This part of the story came alive to me when I was in, when I was in treatment. Um, some of you are like, how many treatment stories do you have? So many. Um, some I can't tell. But anyway, I was in treatment, and about like night number, I think it was the sixth night I was in there, they had a talent show. <laughs> a talent show in treatment is fascinating. Um, yeah. And so I had nothing to do, and they were serving ice cream. And that's how they got, that's how they, I mean, you just get us all in there. So we get in there, eat the ice cream, and the talent show started. And bless their heart. That's all you can really say. Like this one lady got up and she recited a poem. And um, like it was, I don't. I had no idea, no idea what the poem was about. But everybody clapped. I'm sitting there clapping. Girl got up and she sang, and um, yeah, it was it was bad. Now some of you are like, oh, you should no, I no, I can say that. It was I, I paid a lot of money to go treatment. It was bad. <clears throat> and during the third act thing, God spoke to my heart. He spoke to me. He said, "Get up and play Amazing Grace." I was like, no, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. And um, it was one of those things. I don't know if God has ever like pushed down and said, no, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And I was like, God, I'm in a rehab center. Most of these people, they didn't even know I was a preacher. That's kind of embarrassing to kind of talk about. And Amazing Grace, and it's like a Christian song, God. Like you could like, could you not pick like Freebird or something like that? I mean, it's Amazing Grace. And I, I just told God, no. I was like, I'm not going to do it. And God kept moving, just, you need to do it, you need to do it. And I was like, fine, fine, fine. I'll just go ask, can I be in the talent show next week? You, have you ever bargained with God? <laughs> so I walked up to Chip. I was like, hey, Chip, it's a talent show thing. Um, you think maybe I could pop in there next week? He goes, oh, you can go now. <laughs> like, right, I wasn't on the list. He's like, you know, I was like, man, I don't want to finish. He's like, no, 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 go. And he turns around and goes, hey, Perry's going to play a song for us. I never will forget. I was like, all right, here we go. I sat down at the piano, and I played Amazing Grace. That's the song God told me to play. It's like one of the only songs I knew. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. Not like him. Not like her. Saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. Was blind, but now I see. And I got about halfway through that song and I looked up in that treatment center and everybody is just weeping and it hit me everybody wants amazing grace and that same grace that we so desperately want is the same grace we do we need to extend to other people aren't you thankful for God's amazing grace would you stand with me for closing prayer?
Jesus. God, I thank you. Um, like the song says, that you save a wretch like me. And Father, I pray for those of us in this room who have a relationship with you, but God maybe are dealing with some, with some anger toward another person for whatever reason, God. I pray that you would, just like in this story, plead with our hearts to make things right. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want you to know, I don't want you to be angry at someone else. Because, see, you think by being angry at them, you're hurting them, but actually you're hurting yourself. And by forgiving them, you don't set them free, you set yourself free. So maybe today, maybe today, you need to start the forgiveness process. It's not easy and it's not a one, I can't say pray this prayer and everything will be okay. But maybe today you need to say, Jesus, help me now to forgive. And you put that person's name or you put those people's name in place. And that'll start the process where Jesus allows you to walk in freedom. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ. That song, Amazing Grace, it's, it's true. His amazing grace is available to any of us, and all we have to do to, to become a Christian is just ask Jesus into our lives. And if you're here today and you've never done that, right now where you stand, you can. I just want you to pray in your heart. If that's your prayer, if that's your desire, just say, Jesus Christ, just say this in your heart, Jesus Christ. Right now, I give my life to you. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sins, and I am yours. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just prayed to receive Christ, with nobody looking around, would you just put your hand in the air because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Wow, one, two, that's awesome. Anybody else? Three, four, that's awesome. Five awesome anybody else if you're online if you put your hand up at the hand rates it's awesome father i want to thank you for the hands i want to thank you for the people that have stepped over the line of faith that stepped into your amazing grace with heads still bowed and eyes still closed if you need if you're here today and you feel like this message was for you like you've got anger or and bitterness towards someone and you need someone to pray with you to help you begin to step out of that, we've got people in our care room that would love to pray with you and for you. All you got to do right now is step out of your aisle and walk out the back doors. We've got four exits in the back, and you can go right now. There's people back there that would love to pray with you, love to pray for you. If you've if you prayed to receive Christ today and you need someone to pray with, if you walked in here with just that anger, that bitter, listen, you walked in here with that anger and bitterness issue, you don't have to walk out with it. You can go to the care room right now. If somebody's, if you're in the middle of a row, somebody will, somebody will move. You're, there are people moving, so you just go right now. 
Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for your amazing grace. And thank you so much, God, for your love. We love you. We ask this in your name. Everybody said? Hey, listen, listen. Next week, next week the message is going to be on self-judgment, and we're going to specifically talk about depression, anxiety, and suicide. It's, we're going to get real. It's going to get real. But I believe there's some people that are going to step into freedom next week. So I love you guys. I'll see you all next Sunday. God bless.